Welcome to the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage podcast. I'm Adrienne Permar, the director of the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage. We're operating here near Athens, Georgia. I'm here with Mitzi Everett, my co-host and lead instructor. We'll be discussing some interesting topics in the massage therapy practice and sharing stories from our 30 plus years of combined experience in massage therapy. Welcome. We're happy to talk to you. Well, hi, Mitzi. Hi. So we're back at the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage podcast, and today we're going to be talking about preparing for school, preparing for massage school. Yes. It's always good to be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And give an idea for what our students can expect and any students out there in the world in other schools, too. Exactly. Yeah. So I had written a little um, section in the student handbook, uh, which we'll go over and then we can kind of talk about some other things. Sure. Um, so one is, you know, preparing for the program I've written financially, physically, and mentally. Now our program specifically is a 15 week intensive. So it's full time Monday to Friday, uh, 8:30 to five. And so I would encourage people as much as possible to save up ahead of time so they don't have to work during that program. Yes. Um, just because, especially if you're working nights, you know, if you're bartending or something like that, you would be tired. It could be a little overwhelming. Yeah. Because this is going to be a full-time job for the next 15 weeks for them. Yeah. I mean, we wanted to condense it into a short program mm-hmm. that would be easy for, you know, them to get back out in the workforce as quickly right. as possible. And I think that's, I think it's a great thing. It is a little bit more intensive. Um, and it is going to be a little bit more of a burden financially, but I think in the long run, they're going to benefit so much more because they're going to get all of this information. They're going to get it in a way that's, um, they're going to get, be getting it every single day yeah. and it's going to really be drilled, drilled in. And like you said, they're going to be back out in the workforce, um, in four months. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's going to be a good turnaround. Yeah. Yeah. I did a program, uh, that was five months, a 700 hour program. Uh, was my first training and it was full-time and it was such a cool experience because it was like if you want to you know mark a transition in your life or start a new career you know it's really cool to just have it be an intensive so I think so I think it's a great idea mine was a year um, and it was like three days a week and and that was great too but you know it's kind of like when they get kids back after the summer you know if you have all that time in between, you kind of have to spend a little bit of time reviewing. And I think this way, getting it every single day, five days a week, you get your downtime on the weekends to sort of catch up and refresh and let it sink in. But um, I think it's a great way to deliver the information. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about it. So yeah. So as much as possible, I know it's tough for people, but to prepare ahead of time so you don't have to be working during the program, I think would be a great thing. Um, and then I've got preparing for the program physically. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I don't think people think about that when they're preparing for any job or school in general. Um, you don't think about the physical preparation. Yeah. Yeah. When I did my, that same program, the -hmm. the full-time program, I would say to my roommate, like, it's like I'm an elite athlete now, you know? Mm -hmm. And she kind of laughed at me because, (laughs) but it's, it is, I mean, you're using your hands intensively, using your body. Even when we did the uh, video recording, we had our models saying, oh, my legs are sore, you right. know, just. Well, and I don't, I think that, uh, at least for me, I know when I did my school, it was a thousand hours and it was a year. 
Um, and we spent a lot of that time doing some of those things that they could do without having to pay to do it. Right. Um, we did a lot of Qigong. We learned it. We did a lot of stretching. We did a lot of um, different activities to kind of help ground ourselves and get ourselves ready physically. Yeah. That was great. It was a great experience. But, you know, nowadays with YouTube and all the free stuff on Amazon that you can watch, you know, the yoga things, um, you can do all that without having to pay us to do it. <laughs> yeah, right. And we can add another month onto the program right. of teaching you, you know, all those things. And the other thing, you know, you mentioned Qigong and Tai Chi is an excellent... Tai Chi, that was the other one. Yeah. yeah, Tai Chi is an excellent way to prepare if you can find a Tai Chi program or even online, but I think with a teacher is good. Yes. And the great benefit with that is learning to kind of coordinate your upper and lower bodies together. Mm-hmm. Your upper and lower, your one body as a right. whole. <laughs> you know, because I've had students where it was like their arms were completely detached from their legs. They had no grounding and no way to create deep pressure because Mm -hmm. deep pressure is going to come from your feet you know pushing through your body so creating the stable core and you know connection between upper and lower body is really important I think so too I agree yeah and then uh preparing for the program mentally yes I think that is the biggest thing um is overcoming our own mental obstacles, whether it's being intimidated because it is something new. You're going to hear a lot of language, a lot of Latin and Greek. Um, You're going to be learning all of these things that may be completely foreign to you. It's almost like learning a completely new language, Um, but it may be things you've heard of and just never knew what they meant. (laughs) So it's going to be challenging I would say but don't be intimidated by it I think that's the if I could express one thing to massage students is don't be afraid of it go into the program ready to work but um without the fear yeah yeah absolutely I think you know we've tried to set up the program so that you are getting the information in a meaningful way rather than just being thrown all these little tidbits of information you know you're going to get all of the the facts in there but you know hopefully in context and we're going to do some memory work things together as a group so you're not just like you know off memorizing latin by yourself hopefully (laughs) because you know you, you are in it full time so if you you know have a ton of homework it's hard to fit it in um yeah, so I think, you know, we're, we're trying to set it up in a way that feels meaningful, that feels doable, that doesn't feel just totally overwhelming. Right. I, I think that's the key is that it's not going to be overwhelming. It's going to be in an environment that it it's like learning. I don't know how to, I can, um, I think it's going to be a great environment to learn the way that you've set it up. I think it's going to make it practical and it's going to be a way that when they're actually working later, the memory is going to come back to them as they're working on their clients because that's how they're learning it. As they're touching the body, they're going to remember those names. They're going to remember those um, pathologies and things like that because that's the way they're going to learn it is by learning with their hands on a body Mm -hmm. um, what those areas are. Yeah, and there's things that we'll cover on the first day like supine, which is you know the client laying face up, mm-hmm. or prone, which is the client laying face down, and you're thinking, these terms I'll never get. You know, It seems like this big deal, but when you're in the program, you're using them so frequently that by the end of it, you're like, yep, supine, you know, yeah. or you're saying proximal and distal and all these things. It's like the things get used in context so much that you don't 
have to sit and memorize them. Right. You don't have to sit and write it down. I was such a nerd when I was in massage school. Um, I would take my notes during class, write down everything that the teacher said, and then I would go to the book and make notes and, you know, especially those words in bold and you know, I'd write everything down. Then I would go home and rewrite my notes and put it in a better outline. And then I would take those and make flashcards. Wow. And it was just all this memorizing and I would quiz myself and quiz myself. And, you know, I find that over the years, the things I remember the most are the things that I do every day. Mm -hmm. You know, the things I talk about every day with my clients, the things I work on every day with my clients. Um, I don't remember every single attachment point that I sat and memorized and spent so much time on. Mm -hmm. And while it's important to know where they are and be able to find them and palpate them, you don't have to remember the names of those landmarks necessarily yeah. to be able to help your clients. Yeah, related to that, you know, things that you are either using all the time, which hopefully, you know, in an intensive program, you're going to be using things a lot, or things that you've experienced in your own body. Mm-hmm. Like I always remember the infraspinatus trigger point refers to the front of the shoulder, like the front of the deltoid, mm-hmm. because one time in student, student clinic, I had a uh, student therapist working on me hit that trigger point. It was like, oh yeah, I know exactly where that's going. <laughs> and I got it right on a test the next day. You know, yes. <laughs> it's like, I always remember that one because I felt it in my body. Right. Whereas if I just memorized it, you know, on a flashcard, I might not. No, exactly. And I think that's the difference in, in this program than not all programs. There are other programs similar, but I think this one is so unique. And I think, um, like I said, if you can just come into the class not feeling overwhelmed, but knowing that you're going to have to work hard, you're going to have to do some of these other things that we've talked about to be prepared that we're going to mention later on about, you know, things you can read ahead of time, um, things you can study ahead of time um, that are just going to give you a little bit of more base knowledge. It doesn't mean you have to. You can come into it completely cold. You may just have to work a little harder and it might seem a little more foreign. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you're going if you're going somewhere on vacation, if you're going to another country, and I'm just going to bring this up. So we went to Paris a few years ago, and for months ahead of time, we watched videos on where to go, what to do as a tourist, what not to do as a tourist. And everything I read, you know, it told me, try to speak the language. So mm-hmm. I'm using Duolingo. I'm doing all these things to prepare for nice. a vacation. Yeah. So... And a lot of people do that. Maybe, maybe not. I don't you know. You are so <laughs> on top of it, Mitzi. Wow, I'm impressed. Well, <laughs> I, I, just a side note. I'm So I did it so much that everything I read said, try to speak the language. Right. They will be more accepting and nicer to you if you try to speak the language. So we get in, we fly in, we walk around, we go into a shop that had these gorgeous scarves. And the woman comes up to us and everything said, you know, ask them if they speak English. Parlez-vous anglais. And so I go into the shop, and the woman walks over, and she says, in a French accent, but in English, she says, can I help you ladies? And I immediately said, parlez-vous anglais. Oh. <laughs> and she's like, obviously, <laughs> I just spoke it. Oh. <laughs> and I was so humiliated, but it was so ingrained, you know, to from watching all these videos, I kind of over-prepared and psyched myself out. So <laughs> I will say, you know, you don't have to be quite that fanatical about it, but a little bit of preparation yeah. is always yeah. a good thing. And, you know, I, I've had students uh, when I taught in Washington who would come in with this expectation of the 
kind of schooling that they had maybe in elementary school, <laughs> it feels like, where they were doing a lot of memorizing mm-hmm. and you know, like writing tests. lines. <laughs> yeah, it kind of felt like that, especially older students, you know, who are coming back at it later in life, who, you know, we're now teaching in different ways, right? We're learning that people learn, you know, orally and kinesthetically and all these things. But if you're expecting it to be like a drill and kill kind of school, I think you're going to miss out on a lot of the being present and feeling those body things. And, you know, even just engaging with your fellow students and peers and that kind of thing, it's valuable to be present as much as you can rather than being so anxious about being a good student again exactly you know we want we want you to be a good student obviously we want you to learn the material and we've set up the grading system so that you know we're testing things that we really think are important um but we're not testing every little thing so it's kind of like focus on you know big picture things we'll tell you what's really important and try and get the meaning behind it rather than the little nitty-gritty things. Yeah, and I think the other thing, you know, going back to being afraid or being intimidated, something that all the students should remember is regardless of what your age is, what your background is, everyone's coming in to learn massage. Mm -hmm. You know, none of them are massage therapists. Mm -hmm. They don't know, you know, they may have a medical background or they may have um, some other sort of background that might give them a little bit of a, um, an edge, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, but, but they're all coming here to learn massage. Mm -hmm. So you're all on the same page. You're all going to be learning all of these things for the first time. So don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to prepare ahead of time. And don't be afraid if you haven't had time to prepare. Yeah. Yeah. I think most important is to try and be present, pay attention when you're in class and do the work that we sign, you know, those kind of things are, is more important than this anxiety about being a student. Exactly. Yeah. Cause if you have just anxiety about being a student and, and so many people do, yeah, you know, they have yeah. that test anxiety and I'm hoping that's one of the things that this, the format of this program is going to help people with is people that have that test anxiety that when they sit down, you know, they are great when they're talking to you, but when they sit down with pen and paper, you know, they just kind of freeze up yeah so hopefully this will help because when they sit down to do a test because they will have to do that with the Implex, um they'll have those memories of the way it's going to be taught those hands-on memories and it should just by that point should just sort of almost be um a reflex second nature. Yeah, yeah second nature yeah, right absolutely. that's the word yeah yeah and we're going to do a lot of you know practice tests and those kind of things are going to be available we've got a big test bank uh, that mm-hmm. we're building so those kind of things are helpful too, having, you know, practice and practice and practice and practice with those kind of things. Um, but it's not, it's like you're working for you. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be the massage therapist. We're not judging you. It's like, we want to help you prepare for the Emblex and for the world. Exactly. Don't, you don't, you don't need to necessarily try and impress us. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, everybody's going to approach it differently. Some people may like the the style that <laughs> that I did where you just write it and write it and write yeah. it. Um and if that's your style, that's fine. You can do yeah. those things um when you're at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um and there'll be some time in class to, you know, work on your own as well uh, because knowing it's a full-time program, you don't have tons and tons of time at home. So there's some time built in the program for for working 
on your own and you can use you know the styles of learning that you're used to um, but I would also encourage you to you know be open to that and not just think like I had kind of a conflict with one of my classes in Washington um, and maybe I was a little too far on the you know, go your own way. <laughs> Maybe we'll balance each other out. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know, sitting over here at the desk with my note cards and flashcards and, you know, and you're over there with your hands on. Yeah. And so hopefully we'll balance each other out and we'll find yeah. that happy medium. <laughs> yeah. And they, you know, and maybe, it, like I said, it was probably a lot my fault. And, um, but, you know, they kind of lost trust in me because it wasn't that organized. But if they kind of trust the process like we talked about you don't need to memorize supine and prone you're going to know that just by second nature you don't need to sit down and make a flashcard I mean, you can <laughs> but um you really don't need to and you know we've got in our syllabi syllabi we've got reading references so we've used a lot of textbooks as references but we're not expecting them as reading assignments you know and we were using the introduction to massage therapy textbook by braun and you know, there's a whole section in the middle that's intro to massage stuff, like how to set up a massage table, how how to set your table height, terms like supine and prone, how to drape, all these things in a textbook. And it's like 60 pages. And it was assigned on day two for the reading. <laughs> and these students would come and be like, I didn't get all the reading done. And, you know, just be like freaking out about this reading. And I'm like, it's just pictures of massage tables. It's fine. Like it's right. We're going to do it in class so <laughs> yeah, many times. Yeah, you really don't need it in a textbook <laughs> format. I mean, it's nice yeah. that it's there for reference, but we're not right. giving you reading assignments. All the reading assignments are going to be done in class that we expect you to read. We're going to read together, and we're going to have audio recordings of them for you to revisit. But, yeah, you don't need to read, you know, pages and pages about draping that doesn't exactly. really help you drape. And I do, I love the idea of having the books as a reference, like you said, because we are going to be learning in that more hands-on style in the class, um, in the classroom. So if you need it to look back on just to refresh your memory and maybe to work on it at home, it's great to have it, but it's not something you should sit down and read cover to cover and take all your notes and look at those bold words, you know, and think yeah. you have to memorize the whole book. Cause yeah, I used to be that, that person that would, I'd start making my notes and I'm like, okay, I'm writing this and I'm basically just rewriting the whole book. Yeah. In, <laughs> in your notebook. And I mean, that's great. It's, it's a learning tool. It's a valuable learning tool. It's just a matter of you're managing your anxiety. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Did you burn out? No, I was okay. valedictorian. Oh, awesome. Good job. <laughs> um, but it's just, that's just the way I am. I'm a writer. I, I like to make my list. And are we lucky like to, to have Miss Mitzi as our lead instructor? Uh, yeah, but um, so, you know, I'm working through that. And I did go back to school uh, a couple of years ago. And and I did learn by the end because I did start getting burnt out because I was using that style. And I did realize at the end that, okay, I'm writing all this down but I'm really not getting the important information. And I learned how to read something. And some of it was some of the tools that those instructors gave me. I had an instructor the third semester that suggested, you know, just read a section, close the book, and then write down what you remember. Mm -hmm. And I love that technique because to me that was better than sitting there and reading it and taking notes while I was reading it. Because like I said, I was basically just rewriting the, the paragraph. Yeah. Instead of writing the important points. Yeah, we're going to do that in, in class as well. We're going to do, you know, reading sections and then narrating back um, in your notebook or in a group, you know, what 
what you just read. Mm-hmm. So having it repeated back out in your own words right away is super yes. important, more beneficial than writing it in the words of the textbook. Definitely. I think so too. It, it forms that neurological path so that, again, when you're sitting down to take the test and you see it, you're going to be able to revisit that and mm. and you're going to have the answer more readily available to you. Yeah. And it's a challenging you know, mental activity. You've got to pay attention to what you just read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and see, that's what I struggle with. It takes me a long time to read things because I have to kind of read it and reread it. And so I think that's why I used to be such an avid note taker because I was so worried I was going to miss something. Mm -hmm. But I have trained myself to be a little bit better. Um, So hopefully I can pass that training on to the students and um, they can benefit and not have to waste so much time like I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just... Like I said, managing your time and managing your anxiety yes. so that you get the most benefit out of the program and that you can be present. You know. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that being present is something that people struggle with, not just in the classroom, but in life in general. So I think if they can learn it now, it's going to benefit them as a therapist. It's going to benefit them in their personal life learning to be present and really take in a moment Mm -hmm. and take in information, whether it's from your classroom, from your clients, from your family. So I think it's going to be, I think what they can expect is not only professional growth, but personal growth. And as long as they're open to it and willing to do the work to get there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's research out there that shows that when you're highlighting while you're reading, you're highlighting stuff that might sound good at the time, but you're not getting the big gestalt. You know, you haven't heard the author's point yet. And so it's actually more beneficial to finish the paragraph or the chapter, or whatever, then go back and highlight what was important when you have the whole big sense of it. Mm-hmm. That Be- makes sense. Yeah. It, yeah. Makes, it makes it more valuable, you know, to get an idea of what's actually valuable. And if you do a narration with a group and you hear what other people have said too, mm-hmm. and then you can go back and re-highlight or revisit and, and add your notes in the book then because yes. my books just get highlighted and highlighted <laughs> and highlighted. And it's like, well, that sounded nice, but it wasn't actually the point. Right. You know, I Just looking back um, through the introduction that we're going to talk about in our next podcast, um, I had initially like underlined all these sentences and I went back and read it to see why I underlined it. And it had a lot of good points, but I thought, you know, really you can just kind of sum it up with this one sentence that's in here. So I'd kind of make some brackets and um, to show that, okay, yes, we can look at the whole paragraph. It's, it's all good information. That's what's so hard is the books that you've chosen for the program, all the information is so good and it's um, it's just so easy to read and um, you just want to soak it all up. but you know, you can pin, you can narrow it down mm. to some more specifics so that we're not just regurgitating the whole book. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, like you said, we've chosen books that are meaningful. That's kind of the main point is when I say living literature, you know, I say that in the program we're using living literature, which is a Charlotte Mason homeschooling kind of philosophy. It's these books have ideas in them. Ideas are defined sort of in that philosophy as something that sparks growth right? Mm-hmm. And curiosity. So it's like, if I give you an idea, you're going to go home and think about it. You're going to be wanting to gather more information to support it or refute it. You know what I mean? You're engaged with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you just get a quote unquote fact, you know, there's nothing to think about. You're like, yeah. Oh, well, okay. That's it. Yeah. You're like done. greater tubercle. Yeah. Done. Let me write it down. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rather than engaging in it and getting you excited about learning 
more, mm-hmm. you know. So obviously the facts are in there, mm-hmm. but they're in context. Right. You know, and one of the things I've added into the handbook under the preparing for the program mentally is to see if you can read books that are involved in the health field, but are written for popular audiences. So they're written with that meaningfulness, with that um, uh, richness to engage you as a reader. Yeah, it's not a medical journal. It's Right. (laughs) I mean, I love actually reading research reports, but I'm, you know, maybe a little strange. Yeah. Um, I know it's not for everybody and, and also the time, you know, it takes to, to read those things, obviously. Like, unfortunately, you know, our Job's body is not in audiobook form. And so I know. I'm to, I wish it was. <laughs> yeah, I really do. And maybe we can encourage, maybe if we buy yeah, enough of them, they'll, they'll put it back let's out. Let's reach out. <laughs> yeah, really. But, you know, I'd, I'd added some things in there, like uh, the body keeps the score, which is about trauma, or the brain that changes itself, which is about neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. or, you know, those kind of things where it's like these books about the body that really spark your interest and go, wow, that's so cool. Like, the things I'm doing can really, really affect change. Yes. You know, the, and just that passion to make you want to learn more rather than be burnt out mm-hmm. is kind of what I'm and you know that's something else I'm glad you said learn more because it it made me think just now you're not going to learn everything you need to know for the rest of your massage career in this 15-week class Mm -hmm. you're going to get the basics you're going to get the foundation but it really is something I'm still learning I'm still relearning you know I constantly have to go back um, especially preparing for our program you know, it's really nice revisiting my anatomy and remembering some of those smaller muscles or deeper muscles that I might have forgotten because I don't think about them. You know, what I do is almost now sort of uh, muscle memory for me. I'm just mm-hmm. kind of doing it. I know where to go because I've done it so many times that I'm not thinking about those points I'm hitting and those muscles I'm working on. So it's been really nice and it's actually helped my practice by revisiting and remembering the names of the muscles as yeah. I'm working on my clients. Um, so you're going to have to continue your education yeah. for the rest of your career. Yeah. So don't think that you're going to have to learn everything you ever need to know in yeah. the next 15 weeks. Absolutely. I think that's really important. You know, you, you basically can't. Right. <laughs> I think research has shown that you only pick up about 30 or retain maybe about 30% of anything from like a weekend workshop or any kind of education. And each person, this is cool, that each person is going to remember a different 30%. Mm-hmm. So they're going to come out with their own style and their own, you know, sort of memories of what's important. And part of that is the living literature too. You know, when you read a topic that's deep and rich, you know, some people are going to pull out, oh, this information was really cool or, you know, this right. was meaningful to me. And, right. Different yeah. parts are going to resonate differently with different people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to memorize all of it or remember all of it or all these things. And I really liked, I put a um, quote on the Instagram page from Andrew Pudua, who's a homeschooling guru. You can tell I'm into homeschooling. <laughs> and he says, don't think of it as memorizing. Think of it as furnishing the mind. Yes. You know? So you're like, it's cool that your mind is going to be filled with all these things that you can go, oh yeah, this relates to that. And Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I remember something, something. And maybe you're not going to remember every single thing, you know, you'll hear us on the podcast. So, oh yeah, you know, when you get them in that relaxed state, it's something like a a theta wave or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, hmm, was it theta or delta? I don't know. (laughs) I've got to go look that up. But I know that there's a brainwave change. Right. So 
that's important. You know, just having that reference for how the body works doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be um, the exact fact. Exactly. And I do that with my clients. You know, they'll ask me about something, and if it's something that I haven't thought about in a while, I'm like, you know, I, from what I remember, it's this. And then as soon as I as soon as I think about it after I get them off the table and you know, if I have another client or not, but I always try to remember and go back and look at, look at my text or Google it or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. depending on where I, I think I know it from. And, um, so I can refresh myself because it is a constant reminder, a constant learning new information and relearning old information. Yeah. And so the process is going to be ongoing. So yeah. don't, don't be freaked out. <laughs> yeah. They have to learn everything you possibly need to know or right. you have to know as much as, I do even your manual techniques. I mean, we we think you're going to come out of the school the, this training with really good manual skills, and part of that is because you're going to be working on the instructors during the course, to as part of your evaluation, um, which we think is really valuable. I mean, you're going to get feedback on your touch because I've had students where it's like, well, they look like they're doing exactly right, then they're not really engaging with the tissue, mm-hmm. or you know, vice versa. Some students where you're like, oh my god, what are they doing? And then you get on the table, you're like, hmm, they're actually feels good yeah it <laughs> doesn't yeah. look good we need to work on that but right you know so both parts are important and I think your manual, manual skills are going to be good after the program but you're they're going to develop over time too exactly you know you can't be you know I had a teacher who taught me lymphatic drainage and it's funny with lymphatic drainage it's like so it's such a particular pattern mm-hmm. and I could not I had memorized it wrong during the first training like one of the can't remember the name of it one of the full hand strokes I had memorized the way that it was done incorrectly and I went into the second training because it was it's a series of three and I could not she like showed me it again and it was like sweep your thumb you know lift your wrist press and turn all these things and I, I was doing it like a quarter speed and she's like on the evaluation she's like can you do it a little bit faster I'm like <laughs> I can't. My brain is like broken because I've been doing it wrong for so long. You right. Know? And I'm like, I can't believe that I'm doing it wrong for so long. I'm trying to get this pattern down. And she's like, can you just do it a little bit faster? I'm like, no, because I'm going to do it wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to get corrections later on, hopefully. And part of our uh, continuing education, we're going to have some coaching stuff that's going to be offered. I can't wait for that. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. And so we really encourage people to get feedback later on yes and keep learning and that's one of the things that we I really want and I know you do too is to promote positive feedback constantly throughout this program from your other students from us whether it's on their the way it looks like you said or the way it feels and positive being the key word mm-hmm. yeah, constructive. <laughs> constructive constructive positive feedback because mm-hmm. I think that is going to be what creates the best therapist mm-hmm. yeah we, um, when I was in my program they would show us a technique in one room and then they would just break us up and we'd go in the different clinic rooms. Oh, really? And it would be, you know, there'd be one person on the table and two people working and the instructor might pop in for just a second, you know, but you may or may not get seen by the instructor. And um, while it was nice to get the feedback from the person on the table, they didn't know what it was supposed to feel like because yeah. <laughs> only one person got demonstrated on. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the instructor doesn't demonstrate it on every single person. And I think you know our class sizes are going to be small enough 
that if we have people on the table, I think we can get to each person on the table, show them what it should feel like so they can give that feedback to the mm-hmm. other student that's mm-hmm. going to be yeah. working on them. I would say, like, let me do a pressure check. Let me right. see if, you know, and almost always they'd be like, Adrian has more pressure because <laughs> I just know how to leverage my body. Like it's all yes. just. Well, there's also more confidence. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coming from you than the students. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I'd have to go back. And I mean, so it doesn't mean, you know, we don't want the students to be using full pressure all the time, but we want them to be able to get there. Exactly. But I think you had a really good point that you brought up. I hadn't thought about necessarily is that students should be prepared to receive feedback and criticism. Yes. And we really do want to keep it positive. We want to encourage you. We think you're going to be a great therapist when you leave this program, but you need to be prepared to yes. receive negative feedback sometimes like feedback that's constructive that's going to encourage you to change and all that stuff because if you get flustered by every critique you're you're going to be flustered all the time right (laughs) it's a new skill it's a brand new skill yes and I've met new therapists that come out of massage school um and they would come I would hire them at the spa and they weren't bad therapists but I could tell that they have never really been told that what they were doing was not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to say that without sounding mean, but you could just tell by their attitude, by, you know, they just felt like they knew best. And I don't feel like maybe they were ever given any positive, constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you've got to be, you've got to be okay with receiving that. We're hopefully going to set a great environment and make it a safe place where all the students feel comfortable with each other yeah. so that they can do that. And, um, and that'll be something that, you know, you'll learn as a student is we'll, we'll help you with that verbiage to be able to positively, um, critique your other students. Yeah. And I always try and make it really specific. So, you know, give feedback that's when you touch my arm, my, I don't know, we could say the anterior deltoid, it was a little too much pressure Mm -hmm. or when you grab my wrist, it didn't feel secure or whatever it was. And it's so it's not like oh you you suck you know you're right, not a exactly. good therapist it's yeah. like very you know, when you undraped things. me I felt like maybe I was exposed a little right <laughs> and yeah. I, yeah so those kind of things just things that are really specific that we can work on yes and then you know because it is a small infant program we can write write those things down keep mm-hmm. you know tally, track of how you're doing with certain things and right you know well and we're going to be asking for the same critique from from their clients in the clinic as well mm-hmm. they may not have the same verbiage as far as um, this is what we're going to teach the students. So it's going to be a slightly different critique, but hopefully it will, you know, we're going to encourage our clients to be constructive and positive, but give honest feedback. Yeah. 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 So that's definitely some really valuable things to prepare your mind to mm-hmm. receive feedback and be open. So one other thing, you know, talking about your mind, um, and I would, I had just reread the syllabus where it talked about part of your um, interview process is going to be some comprehension. So if you're someone who is older, you haven't been in school for a while, you may want to practice this. This is one thing I would highly encourage Mm -hmm. is, you know, like we talked about earlier, read a paragraph and then step away from it and write down what you feel like maybe three main points of that paragraph were. Yeah. Or try and tell somebody if you have, right. Explain that, that paragraph, what it said. And that way you don't get in here and you know, read this and, and totally just clam up. Yeah. The, you know, we put that in the admission process, um, because the interview process is informational. It's not like an evaluative interview process, like a job interview or something like that. But the 
uh, intake process, the admission process, does include this reading comprehension mm -hmm. assessment. And I think it's important. You're going to have to read on your own and in class um, or listen to and be able to take information away from that. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's... I think it's crucial that we do that. Yeah. Um, it's only going to set you up for success and give us an idea of where we need to help, how we can help you. Yeah, and if, you know, for some reason you don't um, pass that section of the admissions, it's a matter of seeing if you can find a reading course, a reading comprehension course, or reading um, reading and writing. Honestly, writing helps a lot with reading too. Mm -hmm. But some kind of training before you get here may be... Um, encouraged just because you know it is intensive we don't want you to waste your money we don't want you to you know pay your deposit and pay your first couple of payments and then realize you can't process the information right yeah and exactly like I said we just we want to set everybody up for success we want to make you the best therapist possible and the best student possible while you're here mm -hmm. so I think it's really important so again don't be intimidated mm -hmm. by that it's mm -hmm. um, it's just you know it's a growth mindset you can always improve we want to encourage you. We want to help you. Um, but we want you to be able to succeed at the program for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mitzi, for bringing that up. I think, yeah, it's <laughs> uh, important to talk about the uh, admissions process as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, when you're applying for any college, you have to write some kind of essay, which is important. But I think, I think the comprehension is a little bit more important mm -hmm. because... Um, while most people can write an essay about themselves and talk about, you know, oh, I want to be this and when yeah. I grow up and think whatever it is. Or have their mom write it for them. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's a little bit different than just reading a small, you know, one or two paragraphs and then saying, oh, yeah, so it sounds like what they're saying is this. Yeah. You know, and um, I think it's something that especially if you're like me and you go back to school at 30 and then again at 45, <laughs> um, you're not used to doing that. You know, you're, you know, you might read a bank statement, you might read your emails, but you're not used to reading something um, and then have to yeah. kind of tell somebody what, what you just read. Yeah. And I think doing that reading, like we talked about beforehand, some of those popular books about health mm -hmm. um, can get you kind of in that mindset as well. And then, you know, it's exciting. So you're going to want to tell your family member or friends about what you're reading about, yeah. you know, just try and yeah. talk about it. On that topic, I will say, warn your friends and family <laughs> that for the next 15 to maybe forever, you are going to be talking a lot about the body and you're going to be so excited that you finally know what this muscle is and you're going to learn this little tidbit and this little, you know, um, story or anecdote about this muscle and how it got its name and be prepared to and warn your family and friends that you will be talking a lot about stuff that they have no idea what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're going to sound really smart. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really funny. You know, you want your friends and family to know, hey, you're going to get some free massages while I'm in school only. Exactly. Right? Don't promise them in the future. You're going to be professional. You're going to um, value your time once yes. you get licensed. But while you're in school, you're going to want to practice on them. It'll be great, but they have to put up with you, you know, talking to them about all the little exactly. <laughs> details and everything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's a fun yeah. note. I was going to say, on. yeah, just be prepared to learn and have fun. Yeah. It's going to be a fun program. And being I'm a massage therapist is a cool <laughs> cool thing to do with your life um all right so we are going to end it there and uh we yeah. look forward to seeing you send yeah. us an email and hopefully we'll uh we'll have some new students uh listening to this and learning i hope know. so hopefully yeah. it will help you and um get you excited about the program yeah thanks guys thanks
Well, that's it for today on the Oconee School of Therapeutic Massage podcast. If you want to find out more about our training programs or continuing education, please visit our website at www.oconeemassageschool.com. We hope to see you next week for more massage therapy conversations.